Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast with me, Rich Ferraro. It is Sunday the 14th of August and the Reds have recorded their first Premier League win in 23 years with a 1-0 home victory over West Ham. Coming up in today's match report, we'll welcome the Married on the Midlands to discuss today's game. We'll hear from a West Ham fan with thoughts from the away end. And we'll also hear from our very own Adam, who attended his very first Premier League match today. When we'll hear how he enjoyed the day. And we'll also hear from Callum with the 1865 News Roundup as the Maranakis family continue to splash the cash. First of all, though, let's have a look at today's team news. Forrest had Dean Henderson in goal, a back three of Joe Worrell, Musa Niakate and Scott McKenna. Nico Williams and Harry Toffolo were at wing back and Lewis O'Brien was partnered on this occasion by Aurel Mangala. And then Jesse Lingard played behind Brennan Johnson and making his full debut, Taiwo Awonyi. Now, I have been pronouncing Taiwo's surname wrong in pre-season, and I think it's fair to say that, firstly, I owe you an apology, Taiwo, and then secondly, I think everyone's going to know your name after today. Married on the Midlands, hi there, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. And um, with those, the, that team news, two or three changes by Steve Cooper today, so Colback dropped out due to illness, Mangala came in, we also saw Awani play up front instead of Surridge, we were expecting McKenna to miss out, but he 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 turned up and gave his usual warrior-like performance. Um, how did the team news strike you? Um, I actually wasn't surprised about <clears throat> McKenna playing, sorry, um, I, I think we all came became used to uh, Steve Cooper saying, oh, he's a doubt, so-and-so's a doubt last season and then them appearing on the team sheet. So I wasn't that surprised. Um, it was good to see uh, a Winnie playing up front. Um, I felt felt last week we were missing some physical presence up there. So um, his, him coming into the team made sense. And Mangala was an obvious choice when uh, Jack Colback was uh, was ill. So um, not, not too many surprises there, I don't think. 
Okay, and rather excitingly as well, before the match, you got a chance to uh, go on to Talk Sport and have a chat with Max Rushton, and you got to have a chat about Forrest's 12th man. The key as well is is your home will be your home form, right? And the city ground when it's buzzing is a great, just a great place for football. It is. It's it's, it's been. I mean, it's a cliche to you, like the atmosphere is electric, but it really is. It, it sort of it sparks when you're in there. There's, you can sort of hear it sort of crackling, and it's it's brought us through some tough games in the last last year or so. The um, thinking of Sheffield United playoff game. We we were gone physically in the last 10, 15 minutes of that match, and the, and the crowd literally brought the players through. They were just sort of, it's been, I mean, I've been there going sort of last 20, 30, 20 years or so, some terrible, dire midweek defeats against, I don't know, Barnsley or Brimsby or. It's I mean, always Barnsley, there. isn't it? Poor <laughs> yeah, old Barnsley, but, it's always there. Yeah. The change that's occurred, it's astonishing. There's a, a fans group called Forza Garibaldi who, who put on displays and I think they're putting one on today. They've got a lot of credit, got a lot of credit going due to them because they've just made the place uh, uh, every, every every home game's an event now. And it's it's not just the trudging along the banks of River Trent and the monotony of another home game. It's it, people look forward to it and it's, it's, it's literally the hottest ticket in town. You, you just can't get a ticket unless you're a season ticket holder. And Firstly, it was great that you got that chance. I know that Max Rushton's a particular hero of yours, isn't he, Murad, on the Midlands? He is, yes. I'm, I'm a big fan. OK. Um, and, yeah, that whole thing about the 12th man. I will start off by saying that, obviously, it was an incredibly hot day, but you could hear that the atmosphere was electric and you could also... I mean, it's not a big surprise, but Mull of Kintyre was absolutely i mean the decibel level was must have been through the roof and i don't think i've ever heard it that loud at the city ground ever before so forest fans they knew that they had to get behind the team and they did that from the first minute till the very last today now married on the midlands i think it's fair to say that for a first match back at the city ground in nearly quarter of a century this game had everything didn't it it did. It, it was uh, had more drama than an episode of EastEnders, if you will. Um, <laughs> yes, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got more of them if, if I can squeeze them in. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, and it was a it was a fast start from Forest, um, straight on the front foot, which was a, a pleasant change after last week's rather disappointing sort of rear guard action, and uh, I think that gave the players confidence to. Uh, taking to the rest of the match. Yeah, I was actually, I've got in my notes here that after three minutes, we already looked more productive and we looked more more on the case than we did do in 90-something minutes at St. James's. Um, looked more positive, the passing and movements looked better. And it was just, it just gave a sign that actually, you know what, all those naysayers and, and um, harbingers of doom after last week well, you know what? St. James's Park on the opening day in the form that Newcastle have been in in this calendar year, that shouldn't be taken as a as a you know a, a barometer, a bellwether for for the, what the rest of the season's going going to go like, should it? No, um, I think it was always going to be a tough game last week, just because of the uh, opposition we we're playing. They've been uh, very good ever since Eddie Howe's gone in there. Um, secondly, because of the lack of game time some of our players have had um, and just not having played together. 
Um, so that just the gelling and the fitness, I was always going to make it a tough first game. Um, so, I mean, today you could, you could see a step up. They didn't, they didn't look as out of their depth as they did um, last week, which was, which was heartening because I think all of us had sort of slightly lost a little bit of confidence during the course of the week. And we were sort of gone from before the Newcastle match saying, yeah, we can easily stay up. We'll be uh, mid-table at the least. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. to, to this morning say, well, if we can stay up this season, I think we'll have had a good season. So, um, yeah, that gave, that gave us all a bit of confidence. And, uh, yeah, they had some good set pieces after that debacle of a corner last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a few corners. Um, a good free kick from uh, Williams and um, the odd chance here and there. Uh, Ty, we nearly, nearly got on the end of one as well in that first quarter of an hour or so. Yeah, well, that was actually very, very early on. And and as you'd expect, so Forrest um, did put that pressure on early on. And then as you'd expect, West Ham did come back. And it has to be said that um, I think there was a free kick from... Um, Aaron, Quest, Aaron Cresswell, I think it was, um, yep. after about eight minutes. And it was, a, as usual, if you give free kicks away in 25 yards from goal, you're going to be in, in, in trouble. And I'd found myself thinking, whoever gets the first goal is going to be very, very important in this match. If West Ham get it, then who knows which way this could go, because it could end up being quite a heavy and hefty defeat. But if Forrest get it, then it'll do wonders for the confidence. West Ham did come close apart from that free kick, though. They did start getting the ball in and Henderson had to make a couple of good saves. I mean, there was one from Ben Rama where he cut in from the left-hand side, put the shot, flashed a shot across goal. Henderson did a good parry, you know, athletic parry. But then Suchek, Thomas Suchek was at the back stick and Harry Toffolo did incredibly well to track his man, didn't he? And, And to put it out for a corner. He did. Um, yeah, after that first quarter now, West Ham really came into the game and I was particularly impressed by Ben Rama. Um, yeah. He was giving uh, Joe Worrell especially a bit of a torrid time on that side. And, we, and there were occasions where we were sort of being outnumbered two to one on that, on that left-hand side for West Ham. Um, yeah, they, they some, some good saves from Henderson and uh, great defending from uh, Toffolo. He, he could have easily switched off on that chance, but he, he tracked all the way back and made sure he was there. But um, the pattern of the game did change a little bit there. And we, we were giving a lot of space and time to West Ham in midfield after there, after that point. Mm. Um, similar sort of things that were happening last week where the defence was dropping back, we're all the way back to our 18-yard box. Sometimes playing with that three, the middle centre-half was often dropping back right onto the penalty spot, which gave them a lot of space. And the two sitting midfielders were sort of right in front of the, the, the other centre, the centre-back. So West Ham had a good, had a good 30-yard sort of square pe- area to play around, which players like um, Suchek and uh, Rice and, and, and Ben Rama, that, that quality is a dangerous game to play. Yeah, so... Um... We we have to we have to thank the fact that uh, Vladimir Sufal um, is a fullback who really doesn't create many problems in the opposition box because he had a lot of time and space and I think a lot of especially since as Sufal wears the number five shirt a lot of us had visions uh, flashbacks back to St James's last week and Fabian Cher had all the time in the world to uh, fire a rocket into the top corner um, 
On the topic of free kicks as well, I will just say that uh, Nico Williams, you mentioned him as taking a couple of good ones. He also took an absolute stinker with his first yeah. effort. So. I, I, think, I think rugby must have been his first love back in the Valleys because <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he went for a conversion there. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to the real, um, you know, where it started to get a bit meaty and a bit feisty. Said Benrahma scored, I think it's after about 40-something minutes, 43 minutes, something like that. And the goal was given, but the ref was holding and holding and holding and holding. And then eventually he did the VAR sign. He went over to the screen. And I was quite confident that he was going to rule it out. What did you think? Yeah, I was as well, because Antonio... There's a difference between sort of accidentally coming together with somebody and and pushing somebody with both hands onto the floor. And and because all the Forest players stopped to that point, I think it gave the referee no choice really uh, to give it. Having said that, maybe the home team advantage paid off for us there. Mm. Um, because on, on another day, say if, if that happened against us at Old Trafford or Anfield, I've no doubt that uh, Liverpool would get the goal uh, or Manchester United would get the goal. Well, and of course, it's worth pointing out uh, that this is, I think, our third our third match with uh, VAR. No, maybe our fourth, actually, because we had the Chelsea FA Cup tie a couple of years ago where Alex Mighton's shoelace was offside and Ryan Yates' bum cheek was offside. And so we've fallen foul of those. Uh, we had Liverpool match where... Although Diego Jota, Diego Jota probably was onside, the way the lines were drawn, um, or not drawn, as it were, left some ambiguity. And then, of course, there was the Wembley playoff final. So it's been a mixed bag for Forrest. You win some, you lose some. And with the Ben Rama one, I say, I think you make a very good point. And we will hear in a, a contrasting view from a West Ham fan a little bit later on. But what I will say is that out of the corner of my eye, because I was watching the ball... I just saw, was it Mangala? It was. Yeah, I saw Mangala go down, but I could clearly see as Mangala went down that Antonio had both his hands in front of his chest, so he'd obviously shoved him over. And if you barge into someone, sometimes you get away with it. If you shove someone over with two hands, you very much don't. Yeah, and he's he's a strong lad, uh, Michael Antonio, and he showed that the whole whole that first half, really. He was... He's just so so. Just in case anybody had forgotten from, from when he used to play for us, he's so big and so strong, and uh, he gave gave our centre halves a torrid time for for that the whole first half. And also, I will point out that Antonio he was in danger of losing his head at various points. The other thing that we'd forgotten about him is how much he likes a moan. <laughs> so um, yeah, he he definitely yeah. gave the referee an earful on several occasions. But that meant it was still nil nil. And that was really important because just, I think, two minutes after that, as we're in danger of hitting first half stoppage time, what happens? Forrest score a goal. And I remember some uh, when we had a set piece a little bit earlier, some people sat near me were going, who do you think is going to get the first goal? I don't know. It, it could just go in off someone's arse. It's like, and it wasn't quite that. Um, and it's certainly not going to go on Taiwo's show real is it but having said that you've got to be in the right place at the right time as a number nine haven't you yeah it it, it was fortunate to say the least and a, a comedy of errors really I, I actually missed the goal because after after Toffolo had played um Jesse Lingard in he'd scuffed his shot so I I, I put my 
head in my hands and and then bent down thinking mm. oh that was such a good chance and the next thing I knew it was in the net and uh, <laughs> so it was it was it was fortunate because it sort of bounced off the defender bounced off uh, uh, Taiwu's knee and uh, dribbled in but I mean that could be the start of a brilliant run for him that's sometimes that's all you it's it's a it's a gold cliche but that's that's sometimes you just he wants to go off your backside and he could sort of go on a, a great run now and we certainly hope he does. Yeah, it's it's crazy what he could do there. So um, I will um, I will just say that I was quite impressed with him. I thought that there were he was. I thought he looked as if he had good attributes in terms of his strength and his athleticism, and he had some good ability on the ball. So bearing in mind that he was essentially signed to kind of replace and upgrade the Keenan Davis position, he shows the ability to do that. But of course, he comes with a reasonable goal record in the Bundesliga. So one of the things that I noticed was that, yes, he needed to take a bit of time to get up to speed. The Premier League is fast. And I think that's something that the players we've signed from overseas, they will take a bit of time to get used to that pace. But the other thing I noticed was tactically, when Forrest were um, not in possession, they went into that 3-4-1-2 with Lingard playing in the hole and Johnson and Taiwo pulling slightly wide. When Forrest had possession, they effectively went into a 3-4-3 with Lingard pulling more towards the left and Taiwo playing almost as a traditional number nine. And I think that suited him in a way that maybe Keenan wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, he's, he's certainly more mobile, I'd say. He's, he's got a bit more pace. And and the reports uh, I heard of him from uh, Germany when he signed were, were that he, he was a, a very unselfish player, a complete a, a, a complete team man. He, he ran his socks off for for Berlin and he, he's a willing runner down the channels and holding it up and doing all the sort of unselfish work that uh, Keenan Davis did uh, but maybe he's got a little bit more movement towards his to his game and a bit more pace and crucially hopefully touch wood a few more goals in his game as well but it, it is harder scoring goals in, in the Premier League than it is in Germany um, it's a lot more open game there they don't, they don't play quite as defensively over there as as we do over here so it will be a step up for him but all the indications today were that is uh, is a promising start and he's, he's certainly got the attributes and the enthusiasm to make a go of it yeah yeah very much so very much so and um i think uh, that's the thing as well is that they're tr- they've obviously worked on trying to find ways to play with these new players which is one of the big difficulties that steve cooper's been faced with with the uh the high turnover of personnel. So it ended up being 1-0 to Forrest at half-time. And so the sprinklers were on, and in the second half, Forrest almost got undone. (laughs) And in the very first few seconds, now I have to confess, I didn't see this because you know those instances where someone comes back from half-time just a little bit late, and then they're kind of, there's a little bit of a thing, you have to stand up and let them pass and all that. So I missed that moment. But the bloke nearby shot. Oh, it hit the bar, and then Henderson um, like flashed it away. Tell me about it, Maradona, the Midlands. Well, it was another one. It was a very fast start from West Ham. They obviously had a half-time roasting from uh, David Moyles, the uh, lucky sods. Um, Ely Cat, there four hours was again in that sort of space in front of our back five, where he had too much time in the ball, really. And he hit a great shot. It hit the crossbar at first sight. The pessimist I am, I thought that had bounced down and crossed the line, but the no, no signal from the referee, so we played on. It bounced out off the line, and Suchek came in, header. I thought, that's it, well, 1-0, I won all. 
Uh, but Henderson did an amazing one-handed uh, save to push it away. Um, so we that was our lucky break number one plus good play from Henderson, and uh, he it was uh, it was the first of, of two lucky breaks you could say because uh, uh, not too far later on, um, on about on about the hour mark, Ben Rama had a shot. It also hit the crossbar. It also bounced down on the line, and it also went away. So. Mm. Although uh, what what I'd say with that one is that Henderson, his reactions were 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 lightning quick to to gather the ball after it bounced down off the line. When you know it'd be very easy to spend just that extra split second staring at it, but he he did really well. And of course, in between that, that that was the bread and in the sandwich, and the filling of the sandwich was Brennan Johnson having for his second goal. Well, scoring for his second goal. And then once again, uh, the referee's virtual assistant came into play. And once again, although the linesman didn't flag in real time, I wasn't at all surprised that this goal was ruled out. Were you? No, yeah, on first sight, it looked clearly offside. So I, I, I didn't even celebrate it. So I, I was, I was, I was there, my my usual miserable self, um, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it's offside. It's offside. I've, I've done that for decades. If anybody ever sat next to me. At Boris matches, I used to spot offside, but I didn't stand up when everybody else ran. But um, Listener, I can vouch for this. And then, I, and then, uh, uh, so I wasn't surprised when it was uh, chalked off by VAR. Mm. And um, what I will say is, Brennan had a classic Brennan Johnson game, really, where there were huge periods where he kind of seemed to disappear. But then he has those moments where he suddenly looks dangerous and suddenly looks like he can do something. And on this occasion, when he got behind the last defender and was through on goal, I mean, the composure of that, just a little cheeky chip there, little little, little sandwich. He's, he's a natural finisher. You, you, you can't teach that. As one natural finisher talking about another natural finisher, you can't, just can't teach that. That's just born in you. There you go then. So, Forrest still 1-0 up and then there was the moment or the, the this passage of play that will attract the most controversy. Forrest were attacking in the West Ham half. Nico Williams went in for a 50-50 and I can't for life me remember who the other player was who was in the challenge. Um, but at the time, a lot of Forrest fans... We're going. Hang on, that's that's not that's not a good tackle. The West Ham player had his foot up. He arguably got the ball, but he also seemed to go through Nico. Nico went down in a crumpled heap. He was obviously a bit sore, and he was out of the game. West Ham keep attacking as is their right to do, and then the ball goes into a shooting position. They have a shot, and Scott McKenna is standing kind of just in front of Dean Henderson. He leans into it. I don't think there's any dispute that the ball hit his arm. It went to VAR, and I have to say, on this occasion, the old commentator's cliche is, oh, well, if it goes to VAR and the ref ends up looking at the monitor, you know what's coming. But he took a long time looking at it, and I thought, hang on, is, is he not sure? Is, it, is, is, there, is there any doubt in his mind? Yeah, well, the doubt would arise because it wasn't the but the arm was in in right next to his body. So what they've been saying the last couple of years is if it's if it's a natural position, 
you don't give it. So there would have been a bit of doubt. It's just the fact that he leant towards the ball. If he hadn't leant towards the ball, it just it just struck him in a in a standing position. He may not have given it. Mm. He may not have given it then. Um, but yeah, on, on, it's one of those where if there wasn't any VAR, I don't think it would ever have been given because nobody would ever... It was it happened so quickly. In, at first sight, I couldn't tell if it would hit him or Henderson uh, in the sort of in the heat of battle. So, mm-hmm. um, is but it is a VAR penalty, and also he would have been looking, I think, at the sending off option. Mm. Um, we got a bit another strike stroke of luck. The West Ham fans would say that he just happened to be in front of Henderson, and so he wasn't denying a clear goal scoring opportunity. It wasn't like he was standing on the line and stopped the ball definitely going in because if it hadn't hit him, it would have hit Henderson. And so it's not a clear goal-scoring opportunity. So that that was the correct decision to give him a yellow card and a penalty. So I think the ref did okay there. Uh, Once again, as you will hear in a little while, those of the Clariton Blue persuasion may not agree with that assessment. Um, But we will come back to that. But it's it's a matter of fact. It's a matter of fact. That's that's, them's the laws, as Boris Johnson might say. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. (laughs) (laughs) What I would like to ask you about is, because I haven't seen it again, and you might have done, what about that 50-50 with Nico Williams in the passage of play that led up to that? They didn't, uh, no, I've not seen that either. I've not seen, I I, I missed it in real time as well. But um, from what I heard on Radio Nottingham, it was a two-footed challenge, but I I think they're reluctant to go go back that far uh, on Mm. the bar to disallow something. So, um, if it had been sort of five seconds later, maybe they would have looked at it. But it, it, there was a good, a decent passage of play from one end of the pitch to the other. So, um, yeah. But I mean, it worked out for us. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be too. too okay. So, if you're listening to this, you know what the scoreline is. So, therefore, you know that West Ham were not successful with their penalty. Now, Mrs. F told me that apparently. Dean Henderson said that he knew which way Rice was going to go because they've taken penalties against each other in training. Um, I think it's fair to say that it wasn't the best penalty by Rice, but it was still a decent save by Henderson, if you see where I'm going with that. Yeah, I mean, he he uh, he, he made it quite obvious where it was going because it, he sort of wrapped his foot around the ball. So there's yeah. was only really one place where it was going to go. And Henderson just showed what a good keeper he is. Not not only with those reflex sort of saves at the at the uh, earlier in the earlier on in the half where he sort of got up. And so I said I think that's just as an aside, that's maybe the difference between a really top, top, top keeper and just a very good keeper. Just that ability to spring up that one millisecond quicker and make the save uh, or smother it. Um and then also with the penalty it was it, it he had to save it. We've seen plenty of we, we were years without a forest keep saving a penalty. So it's uh, it's nice to see him do it, and he was very happy about it. Well, yes, and you you wouldn't. Why not? And I was going to I was going to say this until the end, but what I will say is that as a goalkeeper, when you're making your home debut, in a way, what you want is you want it to be kind of smooth, and you kind of want it to be. I don't want to have much to do. But actually, what we do know about Henderson is that he is a bit of a showman, as a lot of top keepers like to be these days. So he'll have absolutely reveled in the fact that he made those saves in the first half. He sprung back up to collect the, you know, to to save from Suchek and from Ben Rama's 
uh, eff- the efforts that have hit the bar and the rebounds there. He did an amazing punch in the first half, which was quite Samba-esque, but 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 he kind of really, you know, there's never any doubt. There's a lot of never any doubt kind of moments there. And so in that respect, Henderson will feel like it was a very, very good day at the office, won't he? He will. He was, he was absolutely brilliant. And um, after yesterday's performance with David De Gea, uh, if, if, uh, if yeah, Man United, United fans, fans will be wondering, be watching they? that they'd be absolutely fuming, won't they? They'll be sitting there going, What we're doing here, like my mouth is crazy, or something mm. like that. Yeah, okay. And then there was uh, one other kind of goal related uh moment that is worth talking about, which was uh, Kurt Zuma had a header, I think, from a corner, and Nico Williams. Uh, got on the line and poked it away. And that was, well, obviously a goal-saving moment. As the substitutes came on, there was one substitution in particular. So we saw Surridge come on for Awanyi and we saw, who did we see coming on? We saw Mangala go off and replaced by Kafu. But in between times, we'd seen Musa Niakati golf with what looked like it could be a hamstring tear. So Steve Cook luckily was fit again and, and came on and, and did what you'd expect Steve Cook to do in that in that situation, stood in the middle there and booted it away when it came near him. Um, Niakati, though, I was actually very impressed with him. Yeah, he, he did nothing wrong. Um, and he, I, as you said earlier, he grew into the game. Um, he, he he looks good on the ball, and he was confident that there sort of was a good, was good interplay between Henderson and him, and uh, one or two of the other players, which I, I'm, I was happy to see because I, I thought after last week they may have lost their confidence and they were closed down and uh, uh, robbed of the ball quite easily at times at St James's Park. So that was good to see. Um, the the only only slight criticism I would have is that he did sort of drop too deep for my life. I was, I was sort of sitting there just willing them just to move 10 yards forward all the time, mm. so just out of our box. But that, that's not down to him. That's more down to the formation and, and maybe the, the other players in front around him as well. Yeah. That's maybe something we need to look at as the season goes on because I think against better teams, that back three very easily becomes a back five and with mm. the two sitting players sort of sitting right in top, in, on top of the defence as well. Um, it leaves big gaps in the midfield, as we mentioned earlier, and, and I think we'll, we'll give away too much in midfield. It, it might be worthwhile at some point, especially against better teams, going four five one or something, four three three, just just to get some more bodies in there and to help um, help the um, help the team up the pitch a bit. And I think maybe with some of the signings we're making that are coming in as well, that that might be the natural course of action anyway. Okay, so coming up after the break, we will hear from a West Ham fan. We'll hear from a Forest fan who's a Premier League debutant. And we will get the 1865 News Roundup. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Married on the Midlands, uh, now it's time that 
to round up, I suppose, what happened in the match. And to start off, we're going to hear from a couple of people. Firstly, we're going to hear from James from the West Ham podcast. And then we'll hear from our very own Adam, who was attending his very first Premier League game today. Hi uh, guys, uh, James Jones from the We Are West Ham podcast. And um, as you can probably tell from my voice, uh, not a very happy hammer this afternoon. Um, always knew that game was going to be difficult for us, uh, particularly at the beginning. Your first Premier League game at the City Ground for 23 years is always going to be a great atmosphere. I did think that you know, in the first 10 minutes, we were always going to be a little bit under the cosh, and I think that proved to be correct. Um, but we, we grew into the game very, very well, I felt. And, um, you know, we dealt with those first 10, 15 minutes um, like, you know, a good Premier League side should and would. But um, in the end, and I think this is this is the case in the Premier League, that sometimes um, teams have to ride their luck. And over the course of the, the 98, 99 minutes or whatever it was, I feel like uh, Forrest certainly rode their luck um, on a number of occasions. Um, we were unlucky, um, particularly with the goal that was ruled out. Um, that Forest defender certainly needs to get to the gym a little bit more. Deliberately cut Antonio off and then got thrown about. Um, nothing Antonio could have done there in my book. Uh, should, goal should have stood. A uh, really poor refereeing performance, particularly in the first half. Um, I think Antonio was giving your centre-backs uh, piggybacks for, for a good 45-50 minutes. But, you know... You have a goal disallowed, then you get, you've got to kind of bounce back, and we didn't do that. And we conceded a really sloppy goal. Lingard's scuffed shot, and it ricochets off your, your striker's knee, which is just, you know, poor luck, really, for, from our point of view. But I think, although we'd had a goal disallowed at that point, I think, you know, Forrest had done enough to probably um, you know, get at least one in the first half. He had a couple of chances early on. Um, so, aside from the, 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 uh, the disallowed goal from our part, I think, you know, 1-0 Forest probably wasn't a surprise given the way that um, a lot of the first half went but second half hit the bar twice um, Forest not many chances the goal ruled, ruled off um, for offside which is correct decision uh, and then we miss a penalty um, no idea why the player isn't sent off for that doesn't matter where Henderson is he's handballed it it's a goal scoring opportunity um, there's no guarantee that Henderson saves that so he should have been sent off under poor refereeing decisions but after that, we just really struggled to, to really get going and really create any good chances. You know, I think having hit the bar twice, a goal wrongly ruled out, probably deflated the squad a little bit. And while Forrest were were living off the, the, the atmosphere and, and, and the, the hype at the city ground, which you know I think that's going to be the case for a lot of Forrest seasons um, this year, is that you'll be living off the excitement a little bit. But it's, you've, got quite a, got, you've got a lot of good players. But I don't know, I think, I think um, that... Just excitement and that hype um, of being back in the Premier League will keep Forrest up this season. Just got back from my first Premier League experience. Um, the the atmosphere was probably on par with all of the Derby games. You know, maybe even Wembley. Honestly, it was absolutely brilliant. You know, the fans were rocking for ninety minutes. Even obviously, I said lower Trent, even lower Trent, we were rocking for sort of ninety minutes and. That's always very nice. Um, to be honest, it was it was the game itself was fairly even. Um, I've seen a lot of West Ham fans saying that they were robbed and all this sort of stuff. I think that's very unfair. I think that ultimately, if you miss a penalty, I don't think you can ultimately be robbed. I think they could have scored the penalty and could have got back into the game, got a point out of the game, whatever it might be. But I've got I've already got a lot of complaints about a lot of things. I think the 
Brennan's disallowed goal was fair enough. He was offside. Um, the penalty was a penalty. It was handball. Um, I, there's no argument for that. And Rice obviously missed the penalty. You know, we got we maybe got fortunate in the sense that he missed, but I think Henderson was outstanding. He saved the penalty. He had a very good game overall. Uh, Mangala and O'Brien were absolutely brilliant in the middle of the park. Um, Toffolo, I want to shout out because he had, a, he had a bit of a difficult game against Newcastle, but today I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, I don't think he really put a foot wrong. He was very driven, very chucking himself into tackles, chucking himself in front of the ball. I, I think the whole defence you know, really had a lot to say positively about themselves today. Um, I think going forward as well, we offered a lot more today. You know, we did test Fabianski and um, you know, the goal, as, as fortunate as it was in the end, I think Lingard may look back on that and think, I probably could have scored myself. But no, look, I think we, you know, we played well, we were compact, we defended really well. We were able to look a bit of times, I mean, they hit the bar. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, they had the penalty. So maybe we were able to look slightly, but that's what you need in the Premier League. You need to get those points on the board. I think that we will be very strong at home. Um, at the city ground, that's when we need to look at to pick up, you know, the majority of points. Um, I think we need to kick on from here. We go to Everton next weekend, and to be honest, you know, even in a bias where I think we're a better team, we're the better side going into that game. So hopefully, we can pick up next week and get another three points. Married on the Midlands. I mean, James is understandably a bit, by his own admission, a little bit bitter. It's worth pointing out that uh, David Moyes. As you'd expect, said we did not deserve that result. Decisions today did not go our way. I can only tell you, I think we played quite well at times. Um, we can't blame the officials all the time, but we're certainly coming away from here feeling like we should have had much more. But we've already discussed it, haven't we? And and Steve Cooper, in his own interview with Radio Nottingham, he did just say the, the incident that led to the penalty, well, we felt it's a foul on Nico, but the other decisions he had no qualms about. Just like us, he didn't need VAR to know the decisions were going to go a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I don't know why they're blaming the referee. It was a fairly neutral performance, I felt. Um, he gave some for both sides. Um, they will feel hard done by because they did play well. They created when you hit the crossbar and it bounced off the line twice, and you get a penalty which you missed. You, you're going to feel like you should have got something out of the game. Um, David Moyes is always going to be uh, a bit of a misery guard. So I, I think the last time he was here was when he was with Preston and he stormed off during the second half uh, complaining about the referee before he's walked out of the stadium back, it, back oh. in the early noughties of things before he joined Everton. Um, mm. So he's always been a bit of a hothead, hasn't he? But yeah. Fiery Scott. A fiery Scott. <laughs> so, but if, if, if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be feeling like we dropped at least a point, maybe should have got three. But... Mm-hmm. Forrest got them. Yeah. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. OK. And um, we talked about a few of the key players earlier. I want to have a mention for our central midfielders today. Lewis O'Brien got given the man of the match. And I thought he was to Both he and Toffolo, they showed that they can handle a step up to the Premier League, I thought, today. And O'Brien in particular, a bundle of energy, didn't do anything massively flashy, but he was always there and always willing to kind of... You want a defend. You want a midfielder, don't you? Who will have the ability to move the ball on, not necessarily in a flashy way, but to make things happen. Yeah, um, he's a, to put it simplistically, he's a he's a, he's a busy player, and the, the easy comparison is that we always like to make it for us is he's a new McKenna. Uh, <laughs> so um, 
So that that sort of role, just tidying up, cleaning up, putting your foot in, moving it along, passing it, the water carry, if you will, um, of the team. It's not a glamorous job, but it is vital and it just links up the midfield and defence uh, with the attack. And he, yeah, you need one of those players in there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he, he fits in with um, sort of people like uh, Rem, Rem and Freuler coming in and mm. uh, we've got all these other... Rumours of another one or two midfielders, so it'd be interesting how we fit them all in. Uh, but yeah, he was absolutely top class today. Mm. And I was very, very impressed. My man of the match award would have gone to Oral Mangala next to him, who I thought was terrific for about 60, 70, 60 minutes. Um, put himself about really athletic, really strong, didn't you know, not in awe of the opposition in any way, shape, or form. And my highlight of the match was in the first half, he was stood kind of uh, near the edge of the centre circle and he hit a first time volleyed pass uh, out to the right wing to Nico Williams, which set Forrest moving. And that was just a, a glorious moment. That's the kind of stuff I like to see from my, from my midfielders. Yeah, he, he looked he looked good. I have to say that they, uh, that strength in midfield, that physical presence, um, decent movements as well. And yeah, you, for a first game, you can't you can't criticise him. He was he was he was really good. Mm. Okay, I will come back to you in just a second, Married on the Midlands. But as you mentioned, players coming in. Let's go over to Callum with the news roundup. Hi, it's Callum Castell, Nuovo of the 1865 News Roundup. It's been a busy week for Forrest, mainly in Cummins this week, with Emmanuel Dennis coming from Watford, about 20 mil including add-ons. Um, Remo Froiler came through, signed for about 9 million euros from Atalanta, and Cheku Koyate came on a free from Crystal Palace. Um, Forrest looks to be keen on Neil Morpé from Brighton. Looks like that could go through for about £15 million, including add-ons. And uh, Hassan Awar appears to be quite close as well, if the uh, if the fees can be agreed. Um, it seems like the club is still interested in James Garner. That hasn't gone yet. I think they've been keeping an eye on it throughout the summer, his situation. Morgan Gibbs-White isn't dead in the water, but the most recent rejection of 25 mil plus 17 mil add-ons seems to have cooled everything down. And uh, Forrest looks to be interested in Malinowski as well of Atalanta. Other than that, Harry Arter's contract termination is something that Forrest want to try and get solved, but it looks like the promotion has complicated everything in terms of that. And Alex Moreno decided to stay at Real Betis after the clubs agreed on a fee. So Forrest is still looking for that left back. I think Harry Toffolo's performance will have really helped Steve Cooper today against West Ham. But I think they do need a backup due to Omar Richards' injury. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. Um, so I don't expect it to slow down any more this week and I'll be back with more Forest news after the Everton game. Thank you very much, Callum. And just to round off Maradon the Midlands, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we had a bit of a downer last week and then we've had a real upper this week. And neither of those are necessarily going to be representative of what pre- Premier League football is going to be like week in, week out, are they? I think it's fair to say that we're not going to we're not we're not aiming to play and get points against teams in the top six, although if we get results, that is an absolute Brucey bonus. So I think you should put the Newcastle results in that context. Forest are likely to be bottom six, let's be realistic. And therefore matches against that middle kind of middle tier of the Premier League 
play, you know, teams like West Ham, who are kind of in the top part of that, upwardly mobile, aiming to finish somewhere between probably six and ten, most likely. So to be getting a result against that kind of team, I think, is a real feather in the cap of the club and the manager in particular. Yeah, I mean, beforehand, when you looked at their lineup and you saw names like Declan Rice in there, these supposedly £100 million players, you, you, you're going to be nervous because we haven't seen those sort of players at the City Round for a long time. And you just wonder how big a difference is going to be between their players and our players. And then, but yeah, there, is, there was a slight difference. That you, you can see touches and uh, passing where the top teams are going to be better, but they are human. Uh, they do make mistakes like Declan Rice to show today. You can rattle them. Uh, he got a booking mm. quite early on today. Um, it was it was causing foul. So he, they, these aren't superhuman people. They're they're just they're just ordinary guys. They're ordinary men like you and me. Um, they're just normal men. Normal men. Yeah. So um, yeah, we we've just got. To, I mean, it was, it was important that we got the result today because it just takes that uh, anxiety out of the performance for the next game. Now there would be the pressure would have been building to get desperately get something out of the Everton game. We can go there now, relax, play our football and just play hopefully we be the better team on the day and come out with another three points. Yeah, and I don't want to make any promises that we can't keep, but having done that thing about the Premier League kind of being in, in sort of three tiers, Everton are a bottom tier Premier League team at the moment, aren't they? So so Forrest yeah. should be aiming to go there and get a result, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the game yesterday and they were very poor for long periods of it. Um, a bit of light for them was when uh, Onana came on. Um, and for, to say he's 20 years old, the, the, boy, the guy is uh, immense. He, 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 I, don't, I don't know what they've been feeling, but he was huge. <laughs> the only, only, only player I can think of of that, that sort of age is that big is maybe uh, Lukaku when he first came to England. And he, he made an immediate impact by conceding, well, leading up to the first goal for Villa. Uh, but then, and then, but then he, he made up for it with a brilliant run. He looks like he's going to be one hell of a player. So um, that is something we're going to have to watch. And they have been making signings, so they'll be looking to integrate them into the team next week as well. It'll be a similar situation mm. for them as it was for us today, uh, trying to build on that momentum of new signings. And, and it's always a really tough place to go to Goodison Park. They've, They've not had a great team down the years, but they've always had a good home record. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough, tough match. So, mm. uh, But if play our football, that's all we can do. Um, believe and, in the process, believe in the system. And I guess that's why as well, the club have brought in experienced Premier League heads like Cheku Kiate. Those are the kinds of players you might need in those situations if you're under the cosh um, at, a, at a ground like Goodison, I guess. Yeah, uh, definitely. You, 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 I mean... Before you start playing football, there you've got to win the battle. Mm. Uh, so that way, it's going to—I can imagine it being a, a pretty physical sort of occasion next week. Mm. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to the Maradona Midlands, and thank you to James from the We Are West Ham podcast. Thank you also to Adam and also to Callum for the news roundup. But most of all, thank you to you, listener, for joining us on our Premier League journey. We don't know how it's going to end, but what we are sure about is there's going to be some real highlights along the way. And I think that today was one of them. Until next time, take care and we'll be back soon with another Match Report. Sports Social Podcast Network.
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.